0: Evan Mobley from the Cav- from the Cavaliers to be defensive player of the year. He finished, like, second last year. But I might got to throw some money down on Weminyama, too. Joel, what do you think? Have you seen these highlights of Wemby? I've seen a couple of them, and it's probably all I
1: need to see from the guy. It's insane. His, his – it's amazing. His, his wingspan. Um, wingspan. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. It's amazing. It's incredible. He's what seven
0: four, right? Something like that. Um, and he looks like an alien. He looks like he is otherworldly. It's almost like a video game player. You create it a, is a
1: video game player with like all ninety nines at everything.
0: Yeah, and, and I, and I think I think the Spurs will actually be better than people think too. Like, yeah, they got the number one pick, but they were they were trying to get it. Let's be honest. Everyone was tanking for Wemby. But they have quality NBA players in that roster. You know, they got uh, Trey Jones, and they got Keldon Johnson, and uh, they got the guy from Florida State who's uh, escaping me right now. Devin Vassell? Vassell. um, And they have Zach Collins. Like, they're not awful. I want to say their over-under on wins is like 34 and a half. I think they can get like 35 wins. Compete for, you know, play in game, that kind of thing. When you've got a guy like Wim binyama I mean, yeah, he's like, the, like the
1: do-it-all kind of player, then,
0: you know, absolutely yeah, your like, team he, has
1: to be flirting with 500.
0: Yeah, the impact that he can have on winning, it, as long as he's available, I think is going to be um, absolutely significant. What other teams do we have here that we haven't talked about? Almost the rest of the... uh
1: NBA, outside of the Bucks. I know. Celtics, I know. Nuggets,
0: and Spurs, probably the Sixers. Yeah, we talked about the Sixers a little bit. Uh, you know, James Harden is pulling his thing. I'm surprised he, he's going to show up, but he's going to be in a fat suit again. like he I did think when he Dallas, to out of-
1: the Mavericks, might make a little bit of noise.
0: I don't see yet. how Kyrie it, and Luka can coexist. It's weird. If
1: those guys can get chemistry together, then yes. But that that's what that whole franchise is dependent upon this year is the chemistry between
0: those two guys. Yeah, I just don't see how that happens. I don't see how that shakes out, Um, especially because they don't have a very good supporting cast. And the role players that they did have that were decent, they traded all of them to Brooklyn for Kyrie. So I I love Luka. I think he's a phenomenal player. But I don't see Dallas being able to make any noise, given just the lack of talent elsewhere on that roster, as aside from Kyrie Irving and and Luka Doncic. Uh, I I will say this: you know who I think my MVP pick is? Um, I like I like Jason Tatum.
1: I like it. He he's going to get one of these eventually, and he's now entering his prime.
0: That's pretty long. He's so been 18 years getting, old for the last
1: yeah. five years. It's crazy. It's like Bryce Harper. <laughs> It literally is. It is. He's going to be in his 10th year in the league and be what? Almost 30 years old or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he is, he's outstanding. And, uh, I I think this is the year that he really comes into his own and just goes on a tear. Um, I like Boston and what they've done, you know, acquiring drew holiday was big for them. They needed a guard and they needed a guard who can defend as well. But I've always loved the pairing of him and Jalen Brown. Um, you know, they had to get rid of Robert Williams, but they got Porzingis there too. And and that's been interesting to watch in the preseason. I think Tatum is so skilled. I think he really is coming into the season with something to prove. And I think he's primed there to just like, if he averages like 30 a game, he could just break through and finally be that guy. Because you look at some of the other guys, like, Giannis might be really good, but are they going to hold having Dame against him? Steph's not going to win MVP at this stage of his career, even though he's very, very good. LeBron's not going to win it. Jokic could but there's a, a real thing that exists called voter fatigue, and whether that's right or wrong, like some people, the media just sometimes doesn't want to vote for the same guy over and over again, or LeBron would have nine MVPs. I look at Tatum, and I just think it's kind of a sexy pick in the sense that he's a young guy. You know he's going to score. He's going to have highlights. He's going to be on a marquee uh, team in terms of they're going to get a lot of national te- nationally televised games, and... He can just be the hero of Boston, be like their their number one option, and do his thing. Um, I'm liking Tatum. I'm liking Tatum. All right, we'll keep doing this throughout the night as this uh, as this continues to to go on here on the show. Uh, still to come, we're gonna talk to Noah Hiles up at 9:30. Uh, so in about 20 minutes from now, uh, he is down at ACC basketball tip off. So we'll get kind of his impressions of. Uh, College basketball and, and the Pitt Panthers going into this year. They were in the NCAA tournament last season. And, uh, you know, we'll actually dive into some Pitt football next because I'm all in on Christian Vayer. I'll tell you why. Coming up next, it's Kilberger on the fan. But fan weather is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 53. Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached our number four of the program here tonight. And that means we also have our first NBA call. 412-928-9370. Let's go to Tony downtown. who wants to talk the Spurs and Victor Wembignana. Tony, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm good, uh, brother. What's and, up?
1: The over
2: and under 29 and a half. I put it on over, baby. Let's go.
0: Unbelievable. Ride with the Spurs. Let's go. Free money on the show tonight.
2: I think also he went to the right team. 'Cause they've had foreign players on that team before.
0: That's a good point. It's a good point. And uh he's obviously gonna be coached too by Greg Popovich of one of the best coaches of all time, who you know, he he had he had Duncan, he had Robinson, he's had a lot of great big men as well. he's um,
2: had Mona Jinobi. Yeah, and he's he had, had Tony Parker, yeah. all foreign guys. Like I said, I think he went definitely to the right squad, too. And like I said, his skill set
0: is unbelievable. It's, the guy is a big
2: man. where He can play a, a small man's
0: game with a big man's body. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like uh, Anthony Davis was kind of that way in a sense where he was a guard early on in his playing career, and then as he grew and grew and grew, he kept those guard skills. This is that to the extreme where he's oh, like, like four say, inches taller. I
2: tell my friends to check him out. I'm like, this dude's
1: unbelievable. He's going to be a force.
0: Oh, absolutely. Tony, I appreciate the call. Thank you. I'm going to have to hit that uh, one as well. 29 and a half. I mean, there's some money to be made there. Um, but he is, he is absolutely insane. I think we're going to see him tomorrow night on ESPN. Um, his first game is going to be nationally televised with the Spurs. So uh, make sure you tune into that one. Even if you're not a basketball fan, uh, this guy is, you know, 20 years after LeBron... The last time we had a guy that was this hyped coming out uh, to this degree is probably him. I mean, maybe Zion Williamson, but yeah, Zion was a physical freak, but in a very different way than what we see with Victor Wimbignano. Uh, The uh, The Nuggets are putting it on the Lakers right now. They got three minutes left in the third quarter, and it's back to a 13-point lead for, for Denver, and Gabe Vincent's taking long twos for L.A., so... I, I, it's really hard not to like Denver again. I mean, they got pretty much everyone back, and they won it last year. and And Jokic is a multiple time MVP, and he's knocking down threes like he just did right now. Uh, I like Denver, and I think that Joel, I think that pick of Denver and uh, and the Bucks is a good one. I think it's a very, very solid prediction for the season. Well, we've talked a lot about the Steelers here tonight. We've talked a lot about their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, a former. Quarterback for the Pitt Panthers, but I want to take some time to show some love and talk about the current guy, that being Christian Vayer. Obviously, the Panthers have not had the season that they've wanted or envisioned, and uh, certainly the loss on Saturday to Wake Forest was potentially the most disappointing one yet. You know, a team with their third-string quarterback in there, uh, you know, the they they had a poor call on the slide that didn't go their way, but... Certainly, there were a lot of things that went wrong in that game that meant they probably should have never been in that position that they ended up in. But one of the bright spots for me was the play of Christian Veyer. And now two starts for him. Both have been impressive. The first one, you know, he beats the number 14 team in the country at that point. Louisville was undefeated at the time. It was sloppy, wet conditions at Ackershire Stadium, but... You know, he really blew me away. He didn't have a great completion percentage, but he threw some touchdowns and he and he commanded the offense and that was very impressive to me. He was even more impressive on Saturday. Throws for 300 yards. They haven't had a 300-yard passing uh, game since I think the beginning of last season. He threw for two touchdowns as well. Uh, he showed accuracy. He showed poise. Just such a command of the offense. He was able to Makes some really impressive throws that I would, I would describe as NFL throws. You know, the second touchdown, the one he threw to Bub Memes was a great throw, but the one that was most impressive to me was about two or three plays earlier on that drive. He's on the far right hash, and he throws a 15-yard out or a 15-yard comeback to Bub Memes on the opposite sideline. That's like a 40-yard throw. And he throws it on an absolute rope. Right and hits him in the middle of the numbers. That's a throw that NFL quarterbacks make. He had another one where he was, you know, leaning back and, and moving backwards in the pocket, and he threw it with a perfect amount of touch that just got it to drop beautifully right over the linebackers in that middle of the defense into the hands of Kenny Johnson on the first drive of the game. Those are just two of the many throws that I was impressed by with Christian Vayer in that game on Saturday. I think the most exciting thing for me is that, you know, the Panthers and it's been two games, I know, but it looks like they have their guy and he is going to be here for a while. He's got two seasons of eligibility after this one. It is going to be the Christian Veyer show unless worst case scenario happens and he gets hurt or he all of a sudden falls off in his play. But right now, the future looks very bright. And I think that this is a, a line or a trajectory for this, you know, pit football program right now where they have a lot of young players. I think that that can be a reason why or how you can explain how the season has been. It's, you know, guys just... Haven't gotten a lot of opportunities, and they're learning on the fly here right now with their first big break, and you're going to have growing pains. You're going to have some games and instances where they make really good plays or they win a big game, and then you're going to have games where they disappoint. But that is all a part of the maturation of growing as players. It all comes with the territory. But you have this team now where you have a timeline where You have Christian Vayer and you have this young wide receiver and Kenny Johnson who looks like a future star. And you got a lot of young players on the defense that'll be much more experienced and better coming to next season. You have some young offensive linemen that, yes, unfortunately, due to injury, but still have gotten a lot of opportunities and reps this season and have gotten better game by game and even started to gain some cohesion with each other. That's all happening. But back to Vayer, I think he throws a great ball. But it's the way that he has stood tall in the pocket, been decisive, gone through progressions, just stuff he's done beyond his years that you don't necessarily expect a guy to do this early in his career. But if he's showing those traits now, it has to really give you optimism for how he's going to be later in his career as well. So whether it's the ball placement, the arm talent, or the overall demeanor, uh, I've just been very impressed with Christian Veyer, and he plays with a little bit of a swagger about him, which I think you need. I mean, you don't have any successful quarterbacks when guys are timid, when guys are, you know, oh, shucks, I can't believe I'm here. They got to feel like they belong. They got to want the ball in their hands, and Christian Vayer has uh, shown that and demonstrated to me that through the first two games as him being the starting quarterback of the Pitt Panthers. Still more to come here on the show tonight, and we're going to stay with the pit talk, but we're going to transition to some basketball here as hoop season for the Pitt Panthers is right around the corner. Hard to believe it's already here, but Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he is at ACC Media Days right now. He's going to talk to the men's team coming up tomorrow. He talked to the women's team today. But we're going to check in with Noah Hiles and get his thoughts on the upcoming pit basketball season, and we'll ask him some uh, pit football questions here as well also. That's uh, still to come here on the show tonight. Uh, Right now, remember, you can text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates text line, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. We talked to Noah Hiles of the Post-Gazette coming up next. It's Cale Berger on The Fan. You can follow the fan at 937 The Fan on Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Peters Township. You can also visit them online at SouthHillsJeep.com. Kale Berger back here with you. Things tightening up between the uh, Lakers and the Nuggets. Just a four point lead for Denver here uh, with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. And uh, with the NBA back, that means, of course, basketball season is back, but not just professional, college basketball as well. And our buddy Noah Hiles of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he is in North Carolina right now with ACC Media Days. You know, getting ready to meet the players and the teams and stuff. We're only a couple of weeks away from the tip-off of the 2023 college basketball season. And we bring Noah on right now on the fan hotline presented by Nemo Colon. Noah, what's up, brother? Thanks for joining the show. Hey,
2: Kale, Thanks for having me on, man.
0: How is North Carolina treating you so far?
2: It's fantastic, Kale. I, I love this state. Uh, it's just great. Here at a Buffalo Wild Wings right now, watching my Arizona Diamondback compete for the National League pennant. They've got basketball on. It's it's just a great time in the Tar Heel State. It always is, Kale.
0: Um, you know, I have to ask you this question, because this actually went viral on social media today, and you're at a Buffalo Wild Wings right now. Did you see this, uh, this meme or this list that was retweeted by Stephen A. Smith of a list of places where women will refuse to go on a date with you.
2: <laughs> My girlfriend sent this to me. <laughs> um, I did not take the time to look through all of it. Uh, I know it started with Cheesecake Factory.
0: It does. Right. That's it what does. started
2: with this. Uh, which I will say, I have taken a first date to Cheesecake Factory before. Great call. And I thought it. I thought it went well. I thought it went well. I mean, it didn't work out between her and I, and that's okay. I hope she's happy, but. <laughs> You know, I, I I have no qualms with Cheesecake Factory, and I think, you know, us fellas, me and you, Kale, we're catches. Women should be happy wherever we take them because, you know, we're good guys. So yes, I I, 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 I oppose this list of.
0: All right, well let me uh, let me I, I agree with Cheesecake Factory. I'm a big Cheesecake Factory guy, and I think that the more options, the better. Someone can get whatever they want. If if you're feeling, you know a steak and she's feeling Italian pasta or Mexican food, you can get it at Cheesecake Factory. But let me read some All of right. these off the list to you. All right. These are places that apparently you should not take a girl on a first date. Uh, option number five here on the list is Olive Garden.
2: First date, Olive Garden, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but, like, you know, I feel like if you're a little older maybe okay. and uh, right. you just it's just like a little – I feel like that's a good place to take someone if you're both divorced
0: uh, for a first date. <laughs> number six, the movies. That sounded that was old reliable forever. No, not
2: not on a first date. You want you want to communicate. You want to talk. You want to get to know each other. You're not talking in a movie. You're sitting there watching in the dark. That's not a good first date. Yeah, you're I right. Agree with right.
0: This is why you are uh, in a relationship and I am not. Um, you're right. <laughs> what about number twenty five? Hookah bar. Have you ever taken a date to a hookah bar?
2: No, I would not take anyone to a hookah bar. Those are disgusting. <laughs> I, we had a hookah in my fraternity house my freshman year, and everyone got mono, except me, because I didn't smoke it. Because hookahs gross.
0: All right, all right. No. La- last one here for you, and maybe we'll revisit these at the end. This, I actually agree with this one. Number 20, family functions. You can't oh, take someone date? to your, meet your family on the first date. That is a red flag yeah. if I've ever seen one.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that's not good. No, I agree with that one. That's not a restaurant, though.
0: Well, it's not just restaurants; it's just places you cannot oh. go. Oh, the places you <laughs> can't go.
2: Okay, yeah, I can. I mean, I could throw a couple more on that list, but yeah. All
0: yes, right, well, I'm well,
2: I'm, I'm, cur- I'm currently on the phone looking at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Probably not a good first date. You know. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Let's revisit this after we get some uh, <laughs> some pit basketball information out of you. Um, all right, you're gonna talk to the team tomorrow, or some some representatives from the team. I think it's. Uh, Right, Ishmael Leggett and uh, Blake Hinson? Yes. Okay, so, but you had have the opportunity to meet with some of these guys or hear from the team over the last couple of weeks up at the Peterson Event Center as they've been undergoing practice. What have you learned about this team thus far and, and their outlook, their mentality heading into the season after they were an NCAA tournament team last year?
2: Um, I'll say that I'm impressed with how well Jeff Capel brings a team together. I mean, last year we saw it... Um, you know, the chemistry I think played a huge role in that team's success. Uh just how everyone was unselfish and bought in to the to the culture, to the collective whole. And I kinda wondered how that would be this year with so many newcomers, or not 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 a ton of newcomers, but newcomers at key positions, especially in the backcourt. Now, how are these young players gonna invest? How are how are these new transfers gonna invest into something that's already a little bit established as a, as opposed to uh, you know, selling someone on building something of their own. Um, but everyone seems really bought in, Kale, And I, I think that's impressive. I think, again, that goes to – it says a lot about what Jeff Capel is able to do as a program builder. It says a lot about, you know, the guys that stuck around, the Blake Hensons, the Diaz-Graham twins, Fetty Federico, Will Jeffress, all those guys. Um, it says a lot about them. Uh, and it just says a lot about the guys who are coming in, too, that they're willing to, to buy into something that's a little bigger than themselves. And uh, you know, invest into the vision that Coach Capel
0: has. So one of the things that was so advantageous for them last year was their their veteran guards. And it sounds like it's getting rowdy at that Buffalo Wild Wings.
2: Yeah, uh, the Diamondbacks just scored.
0: Oh, not good. Oh no. <laughs> um so it it sounds like um these these guards are gonna have to take on an expanded role, especially as young guys. And that was so crucial for Pitt last year that they had veterans at those all important positions. And we had a little, I guess, not-so-secret scrimmage they had against Georgetown last week, and it looked like those guards fared pretty well. What do you think excites you most or is most interesting to you from the Jalen Lowe and and Carlton Carrington, that young guard group that's going to have to take on a big role this year?
2: Yeah, I I think my big concern with that youth, like, heading into this season was, is Pitt going to have enough people that can create their own shot? Like, you know Blake Henson can. And you figure Ishmael Leggett should be able to based off of, you know, what he's done at Rhode Island. Yeah. But it's like they need a second – or they need a third or a fourth guy because last year they had four, if not five guys, who could create their own look with the basketball. Um, But from what I've seen from both Carrington and Lowe, I think they're both able to do that, especially Carrington. I think Carrington might be able – like is probably second on the team when it comes to, you know – creating his own look off the bounce. And, and Coach Cable even talked about that after a Friday scrimmage that we were able to sit in and watch. It was a practice. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're both impressive. Uh, they're both, you know, they're raw. They're, they're young. But I think it helps that they got here early. I think it helps that there are older players who they can kind of lean on on the team. Um, but I, I, I think that their ability to create their own looks and they're not just going to be guys who are looking to get rid of the basketball or strictly looking to set other people up. If they need a bucket, they can rely on two freshmen to go try and get them one. And that's, that's a big thing.
0: How big do or how much bigger do the Diaz-Graham brothers look? I know there's been a lot of talk about the weight they put on this off season. They're, of course, very tall and long guys, but also very skinny as well. How much of a difference do you see in their physiques and how that can help them?
2: Um, I think you really see it most just by the way they play the game. And, uh, I mean, when you're that tall, unless you put on, like, 100 pounds, it's not going to show up instantly. Now, if, like, we were to – I'm sure there will be a, a point sometime this year where someone has, like, a full-body picture of what they looked like last year compared to this year, and you'll see it. But, like, you don't necessarily see it just, like, sitting down next to them. Um, but you you notice that they feel – especially Guillermo because Jorge's been hurt, uh, you, you notice that they, they feel like they can be a little bit more physical. Where last year, I mean, they are kind of tripping over their own feet, right? You know, like they were just kind of learning, still kind of learning how to play in their bodies a little bit. But uh, you, you notice a little bit more of a physical edge to them, and that's what they need. If they're going to be boxing out, you know, Kyle Filipowski and Armando Baycott, you got to use every single one of those 230 pounds or 240 pounds, whatever they're lifted at now, uh, because you need that. You need that extra weight to be physical in this league.
0: Uh, Noah, who are you most excited to talk to tomorrow? Maybe that's not even one of the Pitt Panthers. Obviously, that all the ACC teams can be represented there. Uh, is there a storyline elsewhere in the conference that you're very intrigued by this season?
2: Um, well, I'm, I'm working on a story now about uh, NIL. Uh, I actually had some great conversations with a lot of the women's players today, uh, especially Deja Kelly from uh, North Carolina. We had a great interview and just kind of working on something that's going to run Sunday on the difference between NIL and women's college basketball compared to men's. Uh, Because, you know, I I really think NIL has helped grow the women's game so much. I mean, you look at like how big Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and all these other stars are and uh, it's kind of cool to to hear their perspective on how they're using brands to really enhance their overall game and sport where men's nil it's a little different it's kind of used as like a free agency tool in a way um so that's i I have some plans to talk to some pretty big names i mean some of the top or eight of the top 100 nil evaluations will be in charlotte tomorrow you know and some guys from Miami, some guys from Duke, some guys from North Carolina. So, yeah, like those those will all be fun conversations. But if I had to pick one person, got to go with my guy Blake Hinson. He never disappoints in an interview.
0: Never. So,
2: looking forward to chatting with him.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. We're joined by Noah Hiles here of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. He's down in uh, North Carolina for ACC Media Day. Is getting ready for basketball season, which starts, hard to believe, in just a couple of weeks here. Noah, before I let you run – um. Number 18 on this list. You cannot take someone on a date for coffee, apparently.
2: Hmm. Um, I disagree. I think, here's my thing. I would only do a coffee date on the first date if the girl suggested it. Like, I, I personally would want to take them out somewhere nicer. But if coffee is what they're comfortable with, then you go with that. I've been on some first coffee dates.
0: Okay. Well, how about this one? We'll we'll close on this. Number 27, you cannot take someone on a first date to Waffle House. I don't want to live in an America where I can't take someone on a first date to Waffle House. That's a great American establishment. That upsets me. Hey, Kale, I just
2: got to ask a question. Is Dave and Buster's on this list?
0: Oh, you know what? I forgot how big of a Dave and Buster's fan you are. And you know what, brother? You are in luck because there is no Dave and Buster's off limits. You are good to go. Yes,
2: sir. Yes, sir. That's (laughs) how you know I got it, Cale. That's how you know I got it.
0: Hey, you know what? We can all learn something from you. You're in a very happy relationship. You're living your best life in North Carolina right now. And, uh, you know, enjoy some B-dubs for us all.
2: I will. I will. Go Diamondbacks,
0: baby. I don't know about that. All right, Noah, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. T-
2: talk to you later, Kel.
0: <laughs> there he goes. Anything but basketball with Noah Hiles of the Post-Gazette, as we normally do on this program. Um, yeah, this, this is a list that went – they made the rounds on social media today and it, on, it got onto the Twitter of Stephen A. Smith. That's who I'm reading it from. It says uh, a group of women made a list of places that men shouldn't take them on a first date. And I rattled off some of them. A lot of them are chain restaurants. And I have to be honest, I do have a rule. And I am a single guy. I'm 26 years old. I am dating. I am looking for love, I guess you could say. I do have a no-chain restaurant rule. I go, when I'm taking uh, a a woman out on a date, it's got to be a place where, not a, a, you know, a small business, or but no chains. I need to show a creativity, uh, an ingenuity about it. I need to demonstrate that I have good taste in restaurants. I don't just go to Chick-fil-A and Chipotle every meal, which I kind of do. You need to show that you have a good knowledge of great places to eat, that you are a worldly person, that you you have that kind of uh, ability. And so I think that's important. So I do have a no-chain restaurant rule. That being said, I mean, some of these are egregious. You can't take someone... <laughs> All right. Some of them are funny. It says no buffets. You cannot take someone to a restaurant that has a buffet. I would agree with that. No buffets. You can't take someone on a date to the gym. I wouldn't do that either. Church is on here. Somewhere that requires a long drive and no sporting events. I think there's actually some logic behind these. But uh, a, a, a couple are, are pretty egregious, like the movies, bowling. I mean, those are quintessential dates in the American culture. Who knows? More to come here on the show tonight. Uh, this uh, Lakers-Nuggets game is uh, still a 12-point advantage for Denver, but uh, we're getting down to like four and a half minutes left in this one. So we'll be keeping an eye on this. Um We'll dive a little back into the NBA talk in a little bit, and then when we get to the top of the show, uh, we'll revisit some topics we discussed earlier in the night at 10 o'clock before we hand it off to the nightly sports call. How good are the Steelers? They're 4-2, second in the AFC North, but they haven't really had that win yet that makes you think, this team's for real. So is the record... What the Steelers really are. Is it fact or fiction? Is it a trick or treat since it's Halloween time? It's that time of the year. Uh, We'll also talk a little Kenny Pickett later in the show as well. College football season is here. Pitt fans right here in Pittsburgh can hear every game for free by listening live on the Odyssey app. To get started, download the Odyssey app and follow 93.7 The Fan. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll take your phone calls as well at 412-928-9370. When we come back, it's Kilberger on the fan. All right, here's the situation. Got a little parlay action. We have Denver needs to cover five points. We need Jokic and LeBron 25 or more. Jokic has 29. Denver's up by eight. No, Denver's up by 12, excuse me. But LeBron is 21 points. So we are rooting for LeBron to score four points in the final two minutes here. If it doesn't happen, uh, it's going to be a more somber tone the rest of the show here tonight. You know, speaking of NBA, I saw an article today from Front Office Sports. Of course, they cover the business of of sports and and whatnot. Uh, I saw one today where basically the NBA, their television contracts... Their television rights are up after this season. So they're going to be taking bids. I know that Amazon wants to get into the fold. They want to have kind of a weekly game that's exclusive to their platform, similar to what the NFL does with Thursday Night Football. And, you know, right now it's Warner Brothers, which is, you know, TNT, Turner, and uh, Disney, which is ESPN, have the rights to the NBA currently. Now, the other thing here is to make the next television deal potentially more lucrative or more attractive, they, of course, want to get more markets into the fold, and so that means the NBA is going to try and expand to 32 teams. They have 30 right now, but they want to bring two more cities into the fold. Those two cities would be at the top of their list, Seattle, of course, and Vegas, makes sense. Now, Seattle, of course, had the Supersonics. They got taken away. They went to Oklahoma City to become the Thunder. There's not been a professional basketball team in Seattle for quite some time now. Vegas does not have an NBA team and, and never has, but they have the Raiders. They have the Golden Knights of the NHL. They do not have baseball yet, So it would behoove the NBA to get there before Major League Baseball does. And that next team that might try to get to Vegas from Major League Baseball would be the Oakland Athletics. So the NBA wants to add two more teams, and it looks like it's going to be Seattle and it's going to be Vegas. That would mean that they would uh, have to move a team from the Western Conference over to the Eastern Conference. Who would that be? Probably New Orleans, Minnesota, Memphis, any of those make sense. Or you could potentially move one of the Texas teams if you wanted to move those as well. Long story short, obviously, a team that does not have a city that does not have an NBA team and has not had a professional basketball team for many, many years is Pittsburgh. We have three major sports in this town. Football, baseball, and hockey, but no NBA team here. Now, I obviously know the reasons, and they're well-documented, why there is not a NBA team in this town. There are some things that are going for it, in favor of it. You would get this television market, whatever that happens to be worth. There is an arena that already exists here. Now, there are plenty of teams in the NBA that split up their arena time between, you know, three teams, let alone just two teams splitting it. So it wouldn't be an issue to try to make that work with the Penguins. The problem, though, is there is not enough of a population base here to support four professional sports teams and a major college here. You know, there is also probably not enough corporate money in terms of corporate sponsorships. You know, your big organizations, your UPMCs, your Allegheny Health Networks, your Kraft Heinz, uh, you know, any other kind of big corporations that are, you know, Dick Sporting Goods that are headquartered here in Pittsburgh already have their sponsorship dollars tied up in other teams that are more established. And, of course, this is a team that has long-lasting fandoms, deep roots to its current professional sports teams. It would be difficult to shoehorn another professional sports team into that already existing fandom of the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins. That being said, can't we all dream? It would be great to have professional basketball here. We've had a long history of college basketball here with Pitt and Duquesne and Robert Morris. It would be awesome to have a Pittsburgh team, whether it was the Condors, whether it was the Pipers, whoever they decided to bring back. Unfortunately, it looks like it's just not going to happen. So it looks like the NBA is going to go to Seattle again, which they absolutely have needed to forever. They should have never moved the team, even though Oklahoma City has become and turned into a diehard fan base for that team when it was relocated. And it's very smart for the NBA to get to Las Vegas, especially to do so before Major League Baseball is able to do it because you want to be... I mean, if you can't be first, you definitely don't want to be last in getting uh, to that market, which is, of course, absolutely exploded in uh, recent years here with the addition of hockey and, uh, more recently, NFL to uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. In terms of other cities that could potentially see expansion, like, it's hard to say. Um, I think if the NBA wanted to go to you know, like another Canadian market, that is potentially an option. Um, If they wanted to go to Louisville, I think Louisville could work because of, of course, the Bluegrass State, Kentucky, they are obsessed with their basketball there, although more of the college variety. The KFC Yum Center, where Louisville plays its basketball games, is an NBA arena. It has the capacity, it has the amenities. They have a ready-made arena there that an NBA team could immediately go into and, and play in. Other than that, the NBA is pretty widespread and good in terms of where they do have a presence and where they do not. Like, you look at the different markets around the United States and, you know, they're obviously in New York in that market twice. They're in Los Angeles twice. They're in San Francisco. They're in Dallas. They're in Houston. They're in Miami. They're in Atlanta. They pre- they're in Cleveland, they're they in Chicago, they pretty much hit all of the major media markets, more so than a lot of other leagues have done, frankly. So, you know, it, it's a shame that Pittsburgh will pretty much locked in that they'll never get their team. Uh, but that being said, it is going to be good to see them uh, back in Seattle, hopefully, sooner rather than later, and then to see the expansion of a team in uh, Las Vegas as well, But uh, the Nuggets have beaten the Lakers by 12 here. The parlay has not hit. And so now we turn our attention to the Warriors and the Suns and to see if we have uh, more luck with Golden State on the uh, show here tonight. 412-928-9370. If you got any more NBA takes you want to fire off, uh, we'd love to hear from you here. Um, I know you uh, Pittsburgh NBA fans are out there. You might be few in numbers, but you are strong in opinions, so the phone lines are open there. And uh, we'll take your uh, calls on the Steelers here, too, as well, as we'll dive back into that a little bit here and recap some of the things we've dived into on the show here this evening. Fan weather, it is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Stop into Sun for a chance to win great autograph memorabilia and tickets from your favorite Pittsburgh athletes and teams tonight. Partly cloudy with a low of 53. Tomorrow, it's going to be beautiful weather for your Wednesday. Sunny with a high of 75. And on the note of breast cancer awareness, I do want to share something here tonight. Um, if you haven't seen on my social medias, I have been a part of a great cause, a great campaign with the American Cancer Society called Men Wear Pink. It is uh, men, professionals in the community raising money for breast cancer research as we fight to find a cure uh, to this uh you know, incredibly harmful disease that has affected so many people in so many lives. Um, had an opportunity to host a little guest bartending night at my one of my favorite hangouts, uh, the Bulldog Pub in the East End. And uh, some of my coworkers and colleagues came out and were able to lend their talents. And we had a great night last night, raising uh, some great money for the cause. Uh, so, you know, Andrew Filipponi, Chris Muller, Donnie Football, Uh, Larry Richard from over on KDK Radio and uh, Jenna Harner from Channel 11 WPXI as well. All friends and colleagues of mine in the industry. And uh, they were so gracious and kind to lend their time last night and uh, a really great event. So would just want to publicly say thank you to them for uh, being a part of it and helping me with uh, a cause that is so important to so many people. And uh, the month of October, which of course is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is still not over. You know, we have another six days or so. So if you want to donate, if you want to help this cause, you can go to my social medias at kale underscore burger. There's plenty of links there of the posts that I've made over the last month or so. You shouldn't have to scroll too far. And um, if you are so inclined, obviously we would very much appreciate any donation you could make uh, to a very deserving cause benefiting the American Cancer Society. We'll wrap things up when we come up next and then we will hand it off to the nightly sports call uh, with... I'm not sure who's on it tonight. We will find that out for you so you can know what to look forward to. It's Kale Berger on The Fan.